Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Good evening. Depending on what time of day you are listening to this show, I want to welcome you to the Dismantle Racism Show, where our goal is to educate, eradicate, and really just take down the system of racism. We want to create a world where racial equity exists for everyone. I am delighted that you've chosen to listen in on the show today. As always, I want to invite you, if you've not done so, please subscribe to the show. Please tell other people about the show. Tell them what you like about the show. And by all means, write in to me. Tell me what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, what you'd like to see me cover more of. If there's a special guest you'd like to be on the show, please do reach out for me as reach out to me. Excuse me. As always, you can find me on sacredintelligence.com. I invite you to go to my website. There you can uh, learn a little bit more about me, see the programs I offer. And if you haven't done so, you can pick up a copy of my book, Dismantling Racism, Healing Separation from the Inside Out. I also want to invite you to go to your favorite streaming source and pick up a copy of my meditations. If you're already streaming on these platforms, they're free to you. So please go and get a copy because it will help you to center and ground yourself for the work that you are doing in the world. Yes, they are in relations to um, centering yourself on doing the work of dismantling racism. They're in the book, but some of them can be used regardless of what it is That's your focus in the world to help ground you. I start out every week with a meditation on this show. And I do that because if you are not grounded, if you are not centered, when you engage in a conversation or you begin any act of racial justice, you will be blown all over the place if you don't have your centering point. So I like to do that on the show because I understand that sometimes the conversations that we have could be conversations that are triggering. It could be conversations that that bring up old stuff in you. It could be conversations that bring up new things in you. I want to give you a place to go back to at all times. And so often I start the show by having you to breathe, and I'm going to do that today as well. But then I'm going to read one of the meditations that I have in my book. And it is just before chapter five, for those of you who do have the book already, because I want us to always be grounded in our why. And for me, our why starts with what is our sacred motive? Why do we want to engage in this work in the first place? And so I want to offer this meditation to you. So if you would, I invite you to close your eyes if you can, and just begin to breathe in and out, connecting with your sacred source, whatever that source is for you. And just breathe in and out, connecting with your breath, understanding that your breath is a sign that you are among the living. It is life itself. And you are connected with something greater than you. You are connected with those around you. You are connected with your ancestors. So just breathe in and out and connect with these words, divine wisdom. There may be times that without thought of the lasting impact, I make decisions. Some of them are born of love, some out of concern, some based on expectations or compulsions. Some with a heart of sacrifice. May I be mindful of my why. Let me look deeply at the goal of my actions and ask, who does it serve and how does it impact or manifest the greater good? May I understand that my attitude about my decisions and actions profoundly affect the situation and can have the potential to do more harm than good. Let me sit with my whys and then move with deliberate motions to transform my surroundings. 
And as you breathe in and out, beloved, always remember that the power of one contributes to the power of community and you can change the status quo. And so it is, Ashe, Amen. Today on our show, we are going to be talking about how racism impacts us, how it impacts almost every aspect of our lives, particularly as people of color. There are ways in which we move throughout the world based on how racism impacts us. We know that it impacts us educationally, medically, it impacts our relationships. It really impacts how we move in and out uh, of stores, for instance. So I was thinking as I was preparing for this show, I was thinking about this concept of post-traumatic slave syndrome. And Dr. Joy DeGruy wrote a book about post-traumatic slave syndrome. And here's one of the things that she said for the purpose of why she wrote her book. She said, the primary purpose of this book is to encourage African-Americans to view their attitudes, assumptions, and behavior through the lens of history. And so gain a greater understanding of the impact centuries of slavery and oppression has had on our lives. With this understanding, we can explore the role our history has played in the evolution of our thoughts and feelings about who and what we are, as well as our beliefs about how we are to behave. I read that because I know as an African-American woman, a parent of two beautiful African-American girls, I can remember when they were younger that we would be in a store sometimes and then as little kids do, you know, they have all the candy at the front of the register and they have all these things to entice them. And they always put their hands all over everything. And I would say to them, don't put your hand on anything because these people might think that you're stealing. So I remember using that example in a training I did one day, and this was years ago. And this white woman said to me, Yes, but aren't you perpetuating racism? And I said, maybe, but what I'm doing is saving my children because I am teaching them about the ways of the world. But that, in fact, is a direct product of post-traumatic slave syndrome because I understand how the world sees me and I understand how the world sees others. If you, it's others of people of color. If you will notice my earrings today, it says retail racism. And I wear these earrings really for two reasons. One, because my daughter uh, is the, the photographer who did who's on the um, cover of the book. And also because Dr. Michelle Dunlap talks about what happens when we go into a store and how people view us. Based on that, though, we know it impacts our thoughts. We know it impacts our behavior. It impacts the way in which we are going to show up in a particular store or how we're going to respond when we see someone following us or when someone asks, can I help you? And maybe it's about race. Maybe it isn't. But Dr. Michelle Dunlap talks, Dunlap, excuse me, talks about the trauma so many people face simply by what happens to them when they go in a store. We are treated differently. And even when we're not, it impacts us. Racism impacts people of color, again, educationally, politically, socially, economically. It impacts our mental health. It impacts us uh, in terms of the criminal justice system. There's no area of our lives where racism does not impact us and has very serious consequences. So today on our show, we are going to be taking a look at what are some of the ways in which it impacts us. But here's what I want to say to my white listeners. Make no mistake about it. Racism impacts you too. It impacts how you show up in the world as well. It impacts whether you're willing to say something when you see a racist act happening. It impacts where you choose to live, what neighborhood 
you choose to live in, what church, if you go to a church, what organization you tend to belong to, what beach you will frequent, it impacts every part of your life. But it's a matter of whether you are aware of it. Like I explained about post-traumatic slave syndrome, sometimes people of color, we're reacting to something because we've had to do it as a survival skill for us. And so it's important for us to know how it shows up in our lives. Well, my guest today is Reverend Renee Rouse, and she defines herself as a repairer of the breach, a healer of those who are in pain spiritually, emotionally, and physically. She uses music and stories and prayer and as a reminder as a reminder that we are all called to a purpose, that there is a divine creator who calls us to a purpose and we are here to respond to that. All people were created in the image of the divine so that they will become their best selves. They will walk and live in freedom, in freedom. And beloved, it doesn't matter who we are. We can live in that place of freedom a world where we are our best selves. Real freedom, as Nina Simone says, is freedom without fear. So it will be my delight to welcome to the show, Reverend Renee Rouse, so we can talk about how do we live in this place of freedom while also recognizing how important history is and how it impacts our lives and what are we to do. So before the break, really quickly, Reverend Renee, I want to say hello to you and welcome to the show. Well, thank you. That was an awesome description when you talked about your earrings. And I wore earrings that my daughter gave me, the Sankofa, which look back at history in order to go forward. You cannot be free if you're not willing to look back. That's exactly right. Go forward. So before we go to break, I just think I'm just so delighted to be here. I can't wait to see what we're about to do together. Oh, we are going to uncover a lot today. And um, in case I forget after the show, I would love a pair of those earrings. (laughs) You know that. But I think our conversation is such an important one because we, particularly as African-Americans, don't realize sometimes why we are behaving in, in mm-hmm. the that we do. We just do what our gra- our parents did and our grandparents did. Mm-hmm. But in some ways, when we're doing that, we are perpetuating a racist system, but we know that we're doing it because we're trying to save our children. Yes. And when we come back from the break, um, you know, I we, we'll talk a little bit more about how that shows up. But when we come back, my first question to you is, what is a repairer of the breach? So I want to hear all about that when we return from our break. This is the Dismantle Racism Show. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. TLC. We'll be right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asbell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape thriving companies from startups to established businesses. 
We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and intangify your business today. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. are back with my guest, Reverend Renee Rouse. I'm so excited to have you here today. And before the break, I I said, when we came back, I want to know what is a repairer of the breach? A breach is where there has been an intentional formation, something created to be used one way, and then something or someone has come along and broken it. Mm. or intended to use it in a different way. Creator, the divine creator created human beings to work in community together Mm. with all kinds of different gifts, with the intent to work together to create beauty, to create community. And there's been a breach. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so just like Nehemiah who came along to rebuild the wall, there has been an intentional desire to violate community. Mm. The beloved community has been broken. And there must be an intentional decision to repair Mm. that breach. So I love this word intentional. So how does that show up when we talk about whether it's in our own community as African-Americans or if we're talking about more globally, how do we begin to repair that breach? To repair the breach in the African people of African descent community, we must first look at our history and recognize a breach has occurred. Mm. That the very reality that I, as a woman, of African descent did not know my history. I did not know where I came from originally. I had been led to believe I came from enslavement. Mm. That was a lie. Mm. That I did not know that I was not created as a slave. That's right. But that was what, when I look at what little history I knew about who I was, Mm. it looked like that was what my history was. Mm -hmm. That is a breach right there. Yeah. So I want to just say, I want to just jump in here if I could, because when I think about this from a spiritual place, none of us were born enslaved, right? No. Born as free individuals. But even as you talk about history, what I love about watching those shows where people uncover their history, many of us believe that we were naturally, we come from enslaved people, but there were so many of us that were born free. There were many of us where um, when we were born enslaved, that someone in our family became free and then they bought our freedom. And so I think it's important for us to know our history because history tells us that we are less than. Mm-hmm. And history tells not only people of color that we're less than, it also tells white people. So therefore, when we're looking at the impact of racism on society and on us, we don't even recognize it as such because we've been sold a bill of goods. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about this idea of Sankofa. It is to go back and yes. to retrieve because once we know our history, you know, we we are better able to serve uh, ourselves and others, as you as you say, our best selves. And as I was reading your bio, I'm like, we're so much in sync with with one another in the ways in which we see life. And one of the things, um, you know, I used to have a T-shirt that says uh, ignorance is bondage. Know your heritage. 
just as easily as know your history. So um, talk to me a little bit as a repairer of the breach and as one who uses all forms of more modality to heal that, what are you noticing when you interact with people about the impact of racism? One of the realities for people of African descent in particular, there is a resistance to learning what the true self actually is. Who are we? Where do we come from? It is easier to accept I'm nobody, I'm Mm -hmm. nothing, than Mm -hmm. to accept you have value, you Mm -hmm. matter, Mm -hmm. that it's it's not accepted. It should not be acceptable to you that you don't matter. Mm. It's easier after all these generations to believe, no, I don't matter, Mm. than to accept the hard work somebody has invested in your success mm-hmm. and because you have failed for so long doesn't mean that's the intent for you right in reality you have settled for that mm. for so long because it's been so hard to get up mm. when in reality what you have to remember is somebody Somebody generations before struggled and went through so much so Mm -hmm. you could make it as far as you have. What Mm -hmm. are you leaving for the next generation if you're not willing to get up? That's right. That's right. And so that's why we need to know our history. That's why we need to know the pain of what people like Harriet Tubman went through, what she overcame and still. And I'm so glad that you said that somebody, even if it was generations before invested in you. I'm very curious, Reverend, um, because I have my opinion on this, but I'd love to hear your opinion. When we talk about racism impacting almost every aspect of our lives, Talk to me about your beliefs and how religion has uh, perpetuated racism, if you if you think so, and how we have learned to respond in that context based on what we've been taught. I believe that religion has been um, a culprit. It has been a facilitator in supporting racism. Mm-hmm. I think that. Um, uh, people of African descent have um, believed that it has been the intent of the divine to keep racism in place mm. and that um, people of African descent um, were the chosen people to suffer mm. and that suffering is part of the religious process mm. when in actuality that was never true ever, mm. ever, ever. And that uh, religion used racism as a way to say, well, you know, this was this was God's will for you. Mm-hmm. Th- that was a lie. Yes. Um, when in actuality, I believe that in particular in the area of Christianity, um, it took me a while to realize that when people of African descent um, during the enslavement period were looking at the Israelites, they could see themselves and mm-hmm. say, wait, 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 this looks like us. Not right. realizing that was African history. Right. <laughs> and that when, when, when I, when I think about when I went to seminary and was never told that was African history, right. I right. was just overwhelmed when I realized when I kept looking, looking, trying to find myself somewhere in the Hebrew text. And still no one in my seminary time would say, you know, that any of those women in the Hebrew text were of African descent. Right. But they denied me that freedom to mm. know those were women that looked like me. Even if you think about it, right? Uh, Boaz and, and yes. you know, Boaz is coming from... Uh, um, um, I believe he came from Canaanite, Canaanite, either he or Ruth, one of, one of them did. My memory is blanking on me at the moment, but Canaanite are people of, of color. color. 
And and what's interesting is I can remember years ago, I'm so grateful for this older gentleman who was uh, one of my spiritual mentors. I understood as I got older, he talked about the first people being of African descent that we were born there. Right. And they even history has shown it. I, I watched a whole episode on the History Channel one night. The first man, they say, was of African descent. And so I think that it is important. One of the things I think is really important for us is to always ask questions. And we don't do enough of that, right? I don't care if you're Black, person of color, white people, we don't ask enough questions. We continue in a system of racism because that's what it's been for so long. But we know questioning starts to open the door for us to find yes. new answers. So so spiritually then, when you are working with people, whether it is people of color or people who are predominantly white, because I, I know you serve or have served predominantly white congregations, um, it is about opening the door to show people that impact. And so how are you received when you talk to people about the impact of racism, whether it be people of African descent or white people, how are you received to try to open the door to uh, education so that they can live their best selves? The the resistance is I have been living my best self. (laughs) And what you're doing is trying to disrupt my best self because Mm -hmm. what you're saying is just not true. And Mm -hmm. that, that to me is a byproduct of white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Because that means you're trying to take what I've grown up with and say it's been a lie. And what I usually have to say, I'm not trying to disrupt it. What I'm trying to do is free you from something that's kept you in bondage. Yes. Being yes. Uh, being your best self is to have you free of the fear that you might have to learn something that will set you free. Mm. I, you want you so free I want us both free. Yeah. You know what's interesting when people say that they're living their best lives? That means you think you've stopped. Yes. Have any other growth. That's right. You might be you might be here right now, but you could grow more. You're going to go. And who doesn't want to to grow? And so it's interesting that you talk about the resistance because people don't want their views to be challenged. And. I think it's really important for people to understand what Dr. Joy uh, DeGruy was saying about post-traumatic slave syndrome, because even I saw a video the other day where she was explaining that even when we are in uh, conversations, for instance, as as a Black person, for example, if I am in a conversation with a white woman and that white woman is talking all about how wonderful her kids are. And then she says, but your kids are doing great too, blah, 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 blah. And if I start out with, yes, but they're over here giving me trouble in this area, as opposed to thinking about the good they're doing, it's not that I don't want to highlight my kids or or, Mm -hmm. or I'm proud of them. But what she says is, when we do that, it harkens back to in the enslavement period, because if the overseer or massa you know, were to say, oh, your kid is brilliant. They can work hard, blah, 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 blah. We knew that in order for them not to be sold, we would have to denigrate that kid, say, oh, no, they're shiftless, lazy, blah, blah, blah. And so when we do that in modern day time, when we fail to highlight our kids because we know the dynamics of black and white conversations, that goes back to post-traumatic slave syndrome. So we may be free on the one hand, as you're saying, yes. living our best life because we maybe they're in bed, good schools, nice car, nice home. We think we're free. Yes. But in actuality, we're not totally free when we hold on to those old yes. ways of thinking. And so I believe that that's what you're saying. Yes. About freeing people. Um, Reverend, we have to take a break, but. I want to talk about some other ways that you have noticed the impact of racism. Um, I know that um, we we talked a a little bit beforehand and we've talked about in academia, in the LGBTQIA community, uh, it's still very pervasive. And Mm -hmm. so 
I would love, love, love to talk to you about that. Um, you know, and I just want to thank one of our listeners before we go to break for commenting. Hello, Marlicia, who said, uh, thinking about be mindful of my why. And she said, let me sit with my why and move. Yes, can't wait for this. So on time for her. So I'm so grateful, Marlesia, for you tuning in and for sending us the comment. We love to hear from our listeners. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and continue our conversation with the Reverend Renee Rouse. We'll be right back. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. We are back with the Dismantle Racism Show. My guest today is the Reverend Renee Rouse. And um, Reverend, before we, you know, took a break, we had been talking about some of the ways racism impacts us spiritually. And, um, you know, just, just before we go into just thinking about some other areas, I can, I understand um, how people of color connect with the Israelites and it's like liberation theology, what you and I learned. But I also believe even when we go beyond that in the ways in which we structure hmm. our lives in the ways in which we structure our home life, it is based on colonization. Mm-hmm. If you think about it uh, historically as people of African descent, many times it was the women who were leading for instance, in in particular tribes. But when we look at Christianity, it teaches us men are supposed to be the head of the household. And some people get caught up in that and don't honor who we are as Mm -hmm. people of color. And so if we can just invite our audience to really think about how we have been shaped by colonization. Yes. That's what that that word Sankofa really is all about. Yeah, you know, is 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 really knowing your history and knowing the power of your community, knowing the power of us coming together as that beloved community, as opposed to there having to be this hierarchy in the way that it is. So I just wanted to just point that out to encourage people to go deeply into your religious beliefs and see how they're showing up with us not manifesting our best selves. And so I don't know if you want to comment on that or if you want us to move on to the other areas. Well, if they look back into their history far enough at what you just said is true, the women were in fact keeping the beloved community not only being their best selves, but they were were respected and seen as equal, not Mm. seen as lower and therefore had to be kept in check 
but there was that that was the reality of they were equal to. Mm-hmm. And then what began to happen is that they were dehumanized. Yeah. And through that dehumanization process, the women began to not only not have a face, they began to not be seen as able to think, and therefore they began to be seen as only reproductive, mm. reproductive um, um, tools over time. And so how does that show up? I, I love that you're saying that because how does that show up then in the African-American community? So we talked about racism impacting all aspects, socially, culturally, and all that. So how does that show up in the ways in which we might dehumanize one another? Well, the way I think in the African-American um, system is through, unfortunately, through slavery, through that impact of slavery, uh, women were used to reproduce more slaves, and um, women were also put in positions of being dehumanized where you had that concept of um, women were not seen as people, as humans, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. just as a reproductive um, tool so that they could produce more um, people to not even people, but as slaves who were not seen as people, mm. the men were used to reproduce more slaves. Mm. The women were used to bear those slaves because they were none of them were people. And after a time, um, they began to lose sight of the fact that they were people at all to one another. And and you know, I just want to say because. I understand the context of how you're using the word slave, but we were not actually slaves. We no. were enslaved. And that's we what people for sure. need to understand because I've, I've recent in recent years just changed that terminology. I don't say slaves because I'm like, no, there was an enslaver. Exactly. And, and that enslaved my people because to say that we're slaves really still dehumanizes us exactly says that we're not worth it so i think in in our communities today there are many ways that we dehumanize one another and we don't hold value for one another and that that process began when you take people and you take them out of their community of origin put them in another environment and then dehumanize them. And then they're forced to learn another language or another culture while they're being dehumanized. Mm-hmm. And then we so-called from a legal perspective call this in this particular nation called, we're going to free you now, mm. but the freedom wasn't freedom without fear. Mm. It had fear involved. And then you add religion. And then um, you add music. Mm. And then you add all these other subcultural things that began to happen. And in order to survive, the a subculture was created. And when that subculture began, you develop your own way of trying to survive. Mm. And with that came this way of this is how men will behave this is how women will behave this is how children will be treated and then what came with that was the violence toward children Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. violence toward women Mm -hmm. and that with that came this is how men are perceived as being in charge Mm. it's so interesting though um because even if you think about you, you use the the example of how we were basically breeders. Sometimes I believe, and I know this will set people off, uh, some people, but I also believe that many uh, people in our culture have bought into, I need to have multiple babies by by multiple Different. men or men believing that, oh, I need to have multiple women that women. I have 
remind. That is a form of post-traumatic slave syndrome. That is a, that, that, that definitely. thinking that that's what you're, that's what's going to make you have value. And that's the sad part that we don't know that. So when we talk about the impact of racism, that's one of the ways in which Absolutely. we racism. Absolutely. And I know that we can spend lots of time talking about uh, the medical disparities and we can talk about um, the justice system, how so many of our people are in the justice system. But again, that's a direct impact of the racism system. from that system. I'm a mother who has adopted many, many children living here in New Hampshire that are children of color. And I had to fight to get and didact out of one of my children's record because a doctor made a decision because I was a woman of African descent and I had gone to a doctor's appointment um, and he saw all of these children. He made a decision, very unprofessional decision to put in her record that I was a woman with all of these children. They obviously in his mind were all fathered by different fathers and he put that in her record. And so I had to fight to get that all removed because I said, I've adopted all these children. And who right. do you think you are? Right. right. And if, even if I had fa- had all these children fathered by different fathers, who do you think you are right. writing that in a, a record of a child? And that's that's just one example of what happens to us medically. And yes. Culturally. And the other thing that happens medically to us is that often when we go to the doctors, our voices are not heard. No. And research has shown that um, people believe that we can tolerate pain, pain. more. So yes. that is why when we go to the ho- to the hospital, doctor's office, wherever, we're not taken as seriously. So when no. we talk about the impact of racism, we're talking about life and death situations. Yes. That it takes longer for us to be diagnosed Yes. For things that it doesn't take uh, white people, even if we talk about um, uh, things like breast cancer. Yes. Right. You know, yes. um, be because people don't take us seriously. And that's why we have to look at what is the impact of our thinking, which is based on a system of white supremacy. Yes. How does it impact us daily? So you've talked about it from a spiritual place. We're talking about it from um Really, we're talking about it from a justice place, too, because we know that more of us get locked up for the same crime that um, white people commit. And we're talking about it from a medical perspective as well. And so what I hear you saying, you know, as a mother, as a spiritual leader, these are everyday experiences and we must understand the history from where they come from. And in order to to repair that breach. We must also be willing to listen to one another, but help those who also begin to believe there's no point in doing anything about it. Mm. Those who experience this in the workplace, Mm. those who experience this in churches, Mm. there are those of African descent who may go to a church and they're the only person in their church. Mm. Mm. And so when they go to complain to their minister, I'm, I, I believe this is happening to me. And the minister goes, oh, I can't believe anybody would do that to you. Right. That in itself is a form of racism happening within that church. Mm. The minister is facilitating racism within their church. Right. And I want to, you just reminded me because at one point, actually a church that I used to pastor, I was before pastoring it, I um, attended that church for years as one of the few African-Americans in that church. And when your examples never include anything that is race related, to me, you're also perpetuating racism. Absolutely. Because we live in a society where things are happening all the time. I know when I attended this church, and I've never told this pastor this, and we, you know, we're very friendly when, when we see each other and all of that. But I just remember when um Senator Obama was elected as president. I remember going to church that Sunday after that, and there was never any mention of that. 
And to me, that is a perpetuation of racism because yes, I don't is. care what your voting uh, stance is, who you vote for. I don't, well, I shouldn't say I don't care because sometimes I do care about who you're voting for, but I don't typically your politics or your politics. I get that. But this was the first African-American president. And you can't say anything about it, even if you're saying to the audience, look at how our world is changing. Yes. Say something. And so I want spiritual leaders to know that racism, white spiritual leaders, has impacted some of you so much that you can't even get up on a Sunday morning. can't speak and speak on it. Right. But we do have to take a quick break. Uh, and we are going to be right back so we can continue our conversation on the impact of racism. We'll be right back. What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asbell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape driving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and Intangify your business today. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. We're back with the Dismantle Racism Show. I can't believe we're we're almost near the hour, but before we engage in further conversations, I just want to uh, comment. Um, one of our, our Facebook comments is that what is resonating with uh, her is is what she heard that women of African descent were respected and seen before being dehumanized. And there's also a comment. Um, that's often when I go to the doctor with some of my doctors, I have to advocate for myself while being ill. I have to ask questions, not just about my health and healing, but frame the way I will be talked to and treated. What I need from the doctor as a human and um, patient, how I I am treated, talked to, what medical options are discussed. Often they have left things out of own out or only, excuse me, offered what they think is best without talking to me again while being ill. And that's the impact. And if doctors only knew how much we have to advocate for ourselves, you're causing this particular person more stress. You cause me more stress when I have to try to get you to see me and think of me as human. Any thoughts about that? I I think this is a common phenomena going on all over the country. And uh, when I think about our um, people of African descent who are mixed, they have parents that are of European descent, who and then a parent that's of African descent, that they fall in between the cracks. Mm. They may not be as, they may not look as African descent, but they may um, identify as African descent. 
and walk into a doctor's office or walk into a lawyer's office or walk into a dentist's office and find themselves denied. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Those very realities is where racism has its greatest impact. Mm. And they do not know what they're supposed to do. If they now have become adults and have married someone of African descent or Asian descent and now have children who now look African descent, it becomes even more problematic because Mm. the white supremacy of our nation that has permeated every area of life makes it clearer and clearer. And because we want to believe in the church in um, the academia, in the schools, that this has all been settled. Mm. It makes it more and more clear that if we're not willing to truly look at our history, and if we're not really willing to repair the breach Mm. and do the work that needs to be done, this will continue to be a problem here in these United States. And you know, what's really interesting about what you're saying, there's so, so much I I could say, but what's interesting is even when folks like uh, DeSantis, who doesn't want to talk about history. Yes. And they, we do a disservice when we don't talk about history, because that means we can't see the value in all people. We begin to continue to think, well, black people are, uh, uh, no, de- they're not human. Black people are no good. They're lazy, blah, blah, blah. And that kind of thinking right there goes into the mindset of a person who wants to go and shoot up a bunch of Black folks because they don't think that we're worth it because they've not been taught that we are valuable. And that's how racism impacts us all over. Not talking about our history will not settle the problem. It will only perpetuate it. And it no. will only can allow fear mm. to become the foundation mm. and therefore healing, which is what's necessary for a breach to be repaired. Mm. Because you see, the breach gets repaired by, you know, uh, th- there has to be something that comes along that heals that breach. It's, mm. it's no different than when you're trying to heal somebody's body. Mm. Or if you're working with the earth, it's the same thing with earth. The earth was experiencing healing during COVID Mm. because we stopped doing things to it. Mm -hmm. The earth requires healing. So let me ask you, Reverend, because we, we, you know, our time is going to run out very uh, quickly. What, what are some of the first approaches that you take to healing and repairing that breach? What can you tell our audience? Something they can walk away with. Some of the things I do with when I look at healing is trying to establish a relationship, relationship with people who are hostile. Mm. And some people that are hostile don't want a relationship. Some mm. of them will walk away. And so I accept they're walking away. And so you work with relationship with people that are willing to be in that community. Mm -hmm. And that takes time. Mm -hmm. Relationship means that you spend time at their level. And Mm -hmm. that could be anything from a meal, a meal with people. Yes, yes. A meal. Food is a primary reinforcer. Mm -hmm. It's just time eating together. Mm -hmm. And when you spend time eating together, you get to learn what people's heartaches are you get mm-hmm. to hear listening and hearing what people's heartaches are about learning who they are what they struggle with and then finding out what your common denominators are you Beautiful. need to know what people's common denominators are mm-hmm. as long as you're spending time fighting about what your differences are you will never get to that place of being able to find out what the healing Salve what should be. Mm. Um, if you can plant a garden together, mm-hmm. work in the dirt together. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you have to have common ground. I love that you're saying that because you know people they want to take a course on dismantling racism, and of course I want them to because that's what I teach it. But but the thing about it when I do teach it is exactly what you said. We have to walk outside of these doors and put it to practice. Yes. But a lot of times people want to, 
you want to, they want to take a course with only people who look like them. Well, how are you going to establish a relationship? Do how are you going to learn? Because so many of folks that I work with don't have one person of color that they have that they can trust to talk to and have conversations. And I love that you're saying, start with the relationship and then like, oh, I love a meal and I love the gardening um, as well. And so I want to just say to my listeners, because I know we don't have a lot of time here, find something that you can do to establish that relationship. Um, I do want to ask you, Rev, before we go, uh, how can people get in touch with you if they want to to talk with you about how to repair the breach? I'm at the Northwood Congregational Church in Northwood, New Hampshire. I am the solo pastor there. And um, you can uh, reach me there. We have a Facebook page and I have a personal Facebook page and it's not hard to find me there either. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm willing and able to talk to people about it. uh, I'm here as long as the divine creator gives me breath to be here. And um, I truly believe that as long as we've got breath, we have an opportunity to be about repairing this breach together because I can't do it by myself. All right. um, Well, well, with that note, uh, in about 30 seconds, could you offer us just uh, some form of blessing or going forth? My blessing to each and every one of you that are listening is to know that you were created with a purpose and your purpose is to have relationship with those who are in need to make a difference. And everybody can make a difference. It's very simple. Just smile. You will make a difference in someone's life. When you see someone hurting, having a hard time, instead of walking away, just say, can I help? Mm. Make a difference. You were put here to make a difference. Go about doing that today. Start it today. Know you matter. Thank you. you. Thank you so much, Reverend Renee, for being my guest. Thank you to our listeners. Please don't forget to subscribe and, and share the show with other people. Stay tuned for the Conscious Consultant Hour with Sam Leibowitz, where he helps you to walk through life with the greatest of ease and joy. Be well, be safe. Until next time, bye for now. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asbell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape thriving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and Intangify, your business today. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? 
Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 